It's a Bumblecast Mini, sponsored by Twilord. It's Zelda time! Zelda games, prior to Breath of the Wild, which absolutely reinvented the wheel, had a lot of focus on the iconic tools. There have been plenty of one-offs... There have been plenty of one-off ones, like the spinner, and consistently recurring ones, like the hookshot. So, let's think about our resident tool users in the Sonic franchise and how that might apply to them. What three pieces of equipment do Shadow, Tails, Whisper, Eggman, and Starline each pick? I... This is a little tricky because some of the stuff that's in game is debatably canon. It might just be gameplay and not actual real world. And it's also very specific but, to locations sometimes. Like they're not, not applicable so, to most situations aside from very contrived ones that the developers came up with. <laughs> but for the the sake of for the spirit of this one, I think we can just kind of throw all that to the wind and just go by rule of cool. So I mean Shadow Give him some kind of wisp on. I know the whole shadow uses gun things is a bit taboo, but I mean, out of anyone picking up a firearm, he makes the most sense. Aside like, from whisper, what does he care? <laughs> yeah, and even then, she, she does it with an air of dignity. He's just like, whatever, shoot, bang, you're dead, I win. <laughs> uh, like, if any character is going to rip a stop sign out of the sidewalk and beat you with it, it would be him, really. Maybe, truly. maybe. I mean, Silver might do that, too, with his mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a little different. Yeah. It's a little different. So, you know, Shadow gets a wisp on. We're going to give him back that stop sign. He's very good with it. And fire bracelet, because, you know, it makes him stronger and he sets you on fire. Tails, we're going to give him back that buster out of Sonic Battle, because, I mean, come on. He's the only one who can act like a buster cannon. That can go wrong with a buster. Gives him range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, what were they called? The air anklets? The things that increased his flight speed in SA-1. And I, I, yeah, I might as well give him the rhythm badge as well, because he, he needs to have more, like, melee options. Yeah, I, I think you I think you might be misconstruing this question. I think the idea was to give them Zelda items. Oh, redo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Zelda items. Crap, yeah. I didn't think of it that way. I know, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not super familiar with all the myriad tools throughout the Zelda franchise. You know the big ones, though, right? I mean, I know those. There's swords and shields. There's the hook shots. There's yeah. wands of varying elemental implementation. There's lamp oil, rope, bombs. You want it? It's yours, my friend. <laughs> as long as you have enough rubies. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> uh... Let's let's give Whisper a bow with the various elemental arrows. And That's the, kind of her speed. And the hook shot. Give Whisper the hook shot. Mm-mm. <laughs> I guess Tails can have the various assorted bombs, your bomb chews, your underwater bombs, your rolling bombs and whatnot. <laughs> give him a nice nod back to his Tails adventure days. Tails is very explosive, uh, apparently. Mm. 
guess for Shadow, I guess it makes sense to give him the Pegasus boots. You know, air shoes, Pegasus boots. <laughs> uh, Shadow just gives gets the master cycle. <laughs> <laughs> and Starline, Starline has all the Triforce pieces. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you fools were off combing dungeons. I was raiding the Sacred Realm. <laughs> Tricor, Triforce. Oh, uh oh, exactly. uh oh. <laughs> oh no but also oh yes or if we don't want to you know make him too overpowered maybe the three spell crystals you get out of ocarina so okay Nehru's love and Feor's wind and din's fire that'd be kind of neat that that'd be kind of in theme with the tricor yeah 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 and eggman he's not gonna bother with any of those nonsensical doodads he's gonna build his own death egg Mecca out of the zone eye parts. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Who has the fierce deity mask? That's Whisper, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine this horrible green glistening monolith coming over the horizon. Hey, Rauru, get a load of this. <laughs> uh, Eggman's army of cuckoos. all right in zelda there's a trend of having sages who can channel the power of the elemental gods and spirits these characters tend to need link's help with something and return the favor by becoming his allied sages some of the elemental affinities for sage are light forest wind earth Fire, water, lightning, spirit, shadow, and time. There are generally seven sages, which is generally a fun number for Sonic content. So, what up to seven Nermies do you think would be the sages of which elements, and how does their team up with Link come about? I know it's low-hanging fruit, but saying Blaze isn't the sage of fire feels like I'm just missing the obvious, you know? Mm-hmm. It's right there. And that shadow isn't the sage of shadow. <laughs> it would be kind of neat to give him something that is less material because he's almost a little more lightning themed. What with the cast beer and whatnot, I guess, but to have him be more shadowy and shadow meldy might be a neat take on him. Yeah. Yeah. And giving silver time is also kind of obvious, but mm, it, it mm, fits. Mm. It fits. And while I'm inclined to say Marine as Sage of Water, because having Marine be a Sage would be hysterical, <laughs> I also kind of want it to be big so that you have this innocuous and completely optional quest to find Froggy. Mm-hmm. And once you bring him back, Big is like, thank you, O Hero of Time. My transcendent power over water is yours. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> that and just giving an excuse for big to do the Darunia dance would be yes <laughs> oh chef's kids right there buddy yeah 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 i mean i mean sonic <laughs> is your sage of the wind <laughs> maybe sticks is your sage of the forest yeah yeah surge is the sage of lightning oh god <laughs> why not why not would mm. she because she wouldn't lend her power to anybody unless Link really gets her out of a jam and she's got a safe face. It's like, all right, fine. I owe you one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One. 
keeping a tab. <laughs> Who is the Sage of Light? Uh, Cream? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Or Decal, given that she was mm. just a ball of light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Give you that one. I'll grant you that. Or uh, Ray, since he's so sunny and bright. I, I don't know. You could, <laughs> there's a lot of ways you can go with a lot of the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, is Knuckles Earth or Spirit? Those are those could fit either one. He fits either one. You could make an argument for either. Yep. You could even say to call for Spirit. True, true, because she is dead. Wait, hold on. <laughs> or Amy for Spirit, you know? Yeah, yeah. That might make that might fit a little better. Although Earth could also fit for Amy, considering her surprising strength. Yep. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's all sorts of permutations you could go with there. So, all right, let's move on to the next one. Of course, the overworld of Zelda and getting to each of the temples is pretty important. In fact, the locations of the temples being iconic is one of the things that helps make some of them really shine. Keeping in mind the relationships to your sages, what locations and zones in the Sonic world would make for great temple locations or even just temples themselves? I would like to see Hidden Palace Zone. I mean, that's thought out more. Th- that's like the obvious one, I think, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just like a hallway with a couple of iconic rooms. So actually turning it into a palace of some sort that must be explored and solved. That'd be kind of neat. Uh, Angel Island. Lava Reef. That'd I mean, Angel nice. Island on its whole could host every single freaking temple, let's be honest. It could, it could, it could. Yeah. I mean, Sky Sanctuary, Lava Reef. <laughs> uh, and Angel Island, the main, the the zone, Angel Island even. I mean, Marble Garden being your Earth Temple with its constantly shifting tectonic states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Angel Island is just one giant Zelda shrine. <laughs> Angel Island is just <laughs> where the next Zelda game takes place. I mean, I'd play it. It's it's the Disney World of Zelda shrines. <laughs> There's a shrine of water, a shrine of wind. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Oh, so many temples. Shrine of time ends where it begins. Yep. <laughs> It's way up in the sky, so I hope you can fly. It's a small place after all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sonic's world has a lot of iconic tech and power-ups that can offer inspiration for temple gimmicks. Let's take a full advantage of that in order to come up with unique equipment for Link. So what Sonic-themed items would these temples contain, and how do these items work for Link? Okay, I see. I got this confused with the earlier question. Okay. That's what the wires crossed. Uh, I feel like bringing back the old shields would be one of the easiest ways to go. Like navigating a lava reef temple with the fire shield. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that you, know, you have to go into hazardous locations with that shield. But uh, maybe you can't engage in combat with it activated, you know, you would puncture it or an enemy could potentially rupture it. And therefore you're now stuck in the middle of the lava field. That would be no good. Does he have Sonic's, uh, like fire dash thing? Like, could he do that? Uh, It might be. Nah, that's kind of Sonic's thing. I know. I feel like that would be Sonic's thing, but it also is like, you know, an iconic thing that I feel like would be a a neat callback to Sonic to have that. 
to have his ability do that. Like the bouncing or, bubble or the lightning shield. I'm thinking but magnetism. Link's more about navigating navigating the space. Right. So now with the electric shield and its electromagnetism, using that to, you know, walk along ceilings and floors in a lightning themed dungeon, you know, finding activating the charge so that you open up a new pathway that's been above you this entire time. Mm-hmm. Or almost like the what you call it, those little slingshotty bubbles on a Mario Galaxy where you have to navigate your electro shield through hazards. I guess it'd be kind of like having the dual hook shots in the Sky Temple out of uh, Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword, yeah. Only with more lightning, which instantly makes it better. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I could see that, like, uh, if it just magnetizes toward something and he just, like, flies really fast toward it and it's, like, a hook shot alternative, I suppose. It'd be so. kind of neat if you could do something with the magic gloves at SA2 where mm-hmm. you could capture specific enemies and use them to unlock certain things, almost like a one-shot Pokemon move. Like, this area has a cable that you can't cut with any of your normal arsenal. So you put on the magic hands, you grab yourself an iron knuckle, and you use that to slash the cord. Or there's a particularly hefty enemy that you just cannot put a dent on, so you use the magic hands to grab a bubble and send that at the enemy to curse it so it can no longer use its armor and weapons against you and you take it out to get the key item or whatever. Mm-hmm. That might, might be kind of neat. Yeah. I, I figure that Knuckles' uh, the shovel claw and stuff could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Being mm-hmm. able to use that to dig and, you know, find secrets or dig through something to get to another area that you otherwise wouldn't know was there or stuff like that, you know. Something a little more involved than just digging into the ground. (laughs) Give him Shadow's air shoes and they work like the Pegasus boots. Right. Yeah, yeah. Only he's skating. (laughs) That's right. Link skates everywhere. (laughs) Big's fishing rod to do the fishing mini game. That's a prerequisite for all things Zelda. Yeah, yeah. I could see it. All right. You think that's good enough? Yeah, that's good for now. All righty. So the games are known for having pretty cool bosses. Typically, there are some corrupted versions of the type of spirit the temple reaches out to. So assuming Ganegdorf does the same trick with those sages you chose in mind, what would some of the boss fights be? What are their inspirations and their names? How do their temple items help defeat them? Kudos to you for Ganegdorf. That's good. <laughs> That's some good that stuff right delightful. there. delightful. Good stuff right there. <laughs> and then, you know, he transforms into the monster's form that's just Ganeg. And mm-hmm. it's, it still works. Yeah, pretty much. It's right there. <laughs> Would he still be a pig, though? I mean, have you seen Eggman? I guess. I guess. <laughs> have you seen the way he eats? <laughs> <laughs> he does have rather boorish behavior, I suppose. But, uh... Yes, Starline. it might be fun to take the species of the various sages and lean into it like lose the anthropomorphism Mm -hmm. and go full animalistic so you know if we're saying blaze is sage of fire go full on blazing tiger Mm -hmm. um 
I'm not quite sure how you turn a hedgehog into a wind themed animal, unless it's kind of like the storm frogs at a wind waker. And he's like pelting you with hurricane speeded quills. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's nightmare. That's, that's terrifying. <laughs> Got to find a way to knock him out of his own personal cyclone and then mm-hmm. deal damage to his weak underbelly. Uh, really lean into like the black arms alien aspects for shadow abandon the hedgehog angle really you just have blazing red eyes and streak of red lightning within the darkness and you have to find the core to hit it uh that's pretty awesome <laughs> which really wants me makes me want to lean into the idea that big is the sage of water and you just don't realize it because there is no boss fight it's this little side gimmick side quest <laughs> that you don't even think about because you're looking for this horrible water monster. You're going to have to fight. Oh God, I'm going to have to fight a Hyrulean version of perfect chaos. Ah, and no, it's just big. It's just big. (laughs) He's just the kindly benevolent God of water. It's fine. (laughs) Go extra tragic with silver and say that he himself is not corrupted. He's just trapped in different eras of time and you have to navigate rooms within the boss encounter to find the right period of time to try to break him free of his prison. So it's almost like an inverse of the phantom Ganon Ocarina of time fight. You're running into the various paintings, trying to find the true silver to get him out. Hmm. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> I mean, knuckles as earth would be pretty straightforward. I suppose I just make him a, big angry molten rock monster golem version of himself and you just pretty much punch him yeah it's yeah. straight fight <laughs> maximum heat knuckles for real <laughs> sticks goes full savage brutality sticks i would almost see that she'd be a gimmick fight like almost more like the fear out of metal gear solid 3 where you have to navigate the fort the forest and dodge her traps mm-hmm. yeah and try to trap her in one of her own rigs just to get her to calm down and give you the frickin' medallion, lady. <laughs> yeah. And we've completely ignored the whole tool aspect, but I don't think we really settled on tools to begin with, so... Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I think we've built a decent enough scenario here overall, so... <laughs> All right, we're going to shift over to a slightly different question now. Question for both of you. I've seen a lot of people making theories about when the founding of the current Hyrule happens. I feel like I must be missing something because it makes sense to me that it happens at the end of the timeline. Am I missing something super obvious? Because I don't understand the confusion. Part of this stems from what Tears of the Kingdom did. And Tears of the Kingdom's story is just angry rant territory. (laughs) But... The the prospect set by it is that the Zonai came from space and established everything, which seems to predate Hylia raising Skyloft. And I think folks presumed that once Skyloft was returned to the land, that was the first incarnation of Link and Zelda. And that's where the cycle began. So that's where Hyrule would have started. But that really doesn't jive with a lot of stuff. So... Ultimately, I kind of wash my hands of it. The whole three timeline thing they introduced a while back was fun. If you don't question it too hard and I'm fine with it, 
to me, it just works better to assume that Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are their own thing, that they are their own separate incarnation of the mythos with callbacks to elements from the others just because. And I feel like I've, I've seen some arguments around here and there saying, oh, no, you can find this correlation here or there seems to be a connection there. And it's like, that's neat and all, but it seems all very circumstantial. So, and really the Tears of the Kingdom to Breath of the Wild connection is really janky in itself. So a further reason why I want to just kind of quarantine it to its own personal timeline, because it's like, this is a mess. Don't, don't worry about applying it to the other three timelines we had going along. Just, just sequester it over here. <laughs> uh, oh, timelines. Ah, oh, timelines. This makes me glad that Sonic does not have an official timeline. And I hope, I hope that continues, but I will probably not be that lucky, will I? It is an apt parallel because neither of the franchises had a singular overarching vision no. in mind when they were created. Yep. Think things were created for their individual projects. Callbacks were made. Tenuous connections were made. And then it's like, oh, wait, people want us to take this seriously and actually make it work. <sighs> mm, crack open the plot spackle. Mm-hmm. We're going to be using the whole five-gallon bucket of that. Actually, it's more, <laughs> more like a 55-gallon drum now that I think about it. <laughs> Going to need a couple of those. I understand the appeal. I'm certainly guilty of it myself. I get it. I get it. Given the passage of time and seasons, but not colors, that got canceled. Uh, <laughs> I'm content to kind of take most of the Zelda games as they come, as they are. Yeah, it really doesn't really matter when any of them take place, like when the games themselves, it's only like the implications of thinking about them afterwards, I suppose, of how they're connected. But like when you're playing them, it's like it doesn't really matter. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the, mean... the, the way the effects of the previous games on the most current one is always kind of tenuous at best anyway, unless it's like a direct sequel, but... And even then, yeah. not necessarily that tight. I mean, Majora's Mask is a direct sequel to Ocarina, and yeah, really don't really need to play Ocarina to get through Majora's Mask. No, no. You get more out of it, to be sure, but it's it's standalone. So. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. Now it's time for the coveted Digimon question. A lot of Digimon installments have acknowledged either the creator or the caretaker. Although there can be holy forces in the service of the caretaker, the highest of angels are associated with a gap left behind by the creator, filled by a council of three angels. The masculine divinity Seraphimon, the feminine divinity Ophenimon, and the natural divinity and the natural divinity Cherubimon. Often if one falls, it reminds the other two why they were supposed to be at least trying to get along. Based on this very simple overview and considering how flexible any individual instance of Digimon lore is, which part of the Triforce would you give your take on that big fat divine bunny Cherubimon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, possibly wisdom. Just in that, in your own description of it here in the notes that they are more naturalistic and, uh, often take odds with civilization. And I feel like that's a higher level of 
thought in terms of its motivation. Mm-hmm. It requires more uh, deeper thinking of nature and its interconnectivity and whatnot. So I would, I kind of want to say wisdom because as looking at your notes here, I would say um, Seraphimon would be more power. I think that one seems pretty easy. And uh, Ophanamon, I could see as being more courage since it's more personally interactive and going out and acting. So I don't know if it's a perfect fit, but maybe Cherubimon for wisdom. (laughs) All right. And there's one last question. And it's for you, Kyle. Oh, boy. Early, you talked me into theory crafting a Zelda game set in the world of Sonic, but how excited would you be to play it? I mean, honestly, it sounds pretty cool. Like, it would work. I want to hear some, like, Zelda tunes in the style of Sonic or some Sonic tunes in the style mm-hmm. of Zelda. Like, that would be sweet. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, a crossover happened once. If you remember Lost World. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. So I, I yeah, let's do it. Let's have another one. <laughs> I am down. Let's have it. Come on, Nintendo and Sega. Do something. <laughs> uh uh. All right. Well, that's all we got for this Bumblecast Mini. Thank you for Twilight for sponsoring it. If you want a Bumblecast mini of your own, head over to patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, or become a YouTube member. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and may the Triforce be with you, always. Always.